0: Adrift in the great void of space, the personnel on Moonbase Alpha have experienced so much that is strange and inexplicable. They have become accustomed to expecting the unexpected. Paul, did you hear that? Hear what? I don't hear anything unusual. Welcome to the Audio Handbook of the Marvel Universe, a character-by-character look at the coolest heroes and villains that Marvel Comics has to offer. You can thank us later. For now, just listen. All right, kids. We are back. It is me, RC robots. We are here for another exciting episode of the Audio Handbook of the Marvel Universe. Let's let's ride this mellow groove. Let's bang the gong. Let's light the incense and get ready to take a look at one of the one of the most visually interesting characters in all of the Marvel Universe. A dude that goes by the name of Rom the Space Knight. earliest exposure to Rom the Space Knight was with the commercial for the 1979 Parker Brothers action figure based on the comic line. I I have to admit that I have maybe read one or two Rom the Space Knight comics in my life. They've always seemed like they were neat to me. It seemed like a really great looking character and some cool cosmic adventures but the The mythology seemed as if I wouldn't be able to grab it by just picking up a random issue. And I just never... I never bothered to get started. So, this episode is going to be just as enlightening to me as it is to you. Now, what we like to do on this show is we dig fairly deep into the backstory of a character from the incredibly rich pantheon of Marvel Comics characters and... Like we said earlier, we're gonna take a look at Rom the Space Knight, and the way we like to the way we like to do it, the method to our madness, as it were, is we we grab a copy of the official handbook of the Marvel Universe, which was a series that came out back in the 80s. It's a very thorough encyclopedia about most of most of the major and some minor characters that they have. And this particular episode issue, rather, that we have here is number nine. It covers from Quasar to a She-Hulk. That's a pretty pretty good duo there. And it came out in September of 1993. You can probably hear me kind of skipping through the pages trying to get to ROM. I'm going past Quicksilver, Radioactive Man, the Red Skull. I plan on doing an episode on the Red Skull. He is he's pretty interesting to me. The Rhino... Rogue, and finally, right before Ronan the Accuser from Guardians of the Galaxy, we have Rom the Space Knight. Rom is, he is a silver robot. He stands about seven feet tall, would be my guess. He has one hand that is a hand, and in his other hand he has a gun, but it is also, it is also a hand. Let's see, let's see what we can dig into here and check out about this dude. His, his real name is Rom, that's R O M. And his occupation is that of a space knight of Galador. His identity is secret, meaning it is not known to the general populace of Earth. He has no legal status, no former aliases, and his place of birth is the planet Galador, which is an unknown star system in the Milky Way galaxy. His marital status is single. He is not married to anyone. He's out there. He's out there, ladies, if you're interested. He has no known relatives. He is affiliated with the Space Knights of Galador. His base of operations is mobile; he's always on the move, man, going through, going through space, seeing what's out there for him to do. And his first appearance was Rom episode issue. Why do I keep getting that mixed up? His first appearance was Rom issue number one. Let's see, let's see what there is to say about his origin. I'm I'm kind of interested to uh to learn this myself. Rom was born about 200 Earth years ago on Galador, the home planet of a peaceful civilization at the peak of prosperity. See alien races Galador. Nah, we'll pass on on that right now. With war virtually unknown, Galador's active fleet of starships travel the galaxy to share their technology and philosophy with other civilizations. So they were sort of at the point where Starfleet is on Star Trek. They have ships... They have faster than light travel, they're out there, they have warp engines, and their society has progressed to the point where all they really want to do is help people. You know, they want to they want to share the wealth, they want to share what they know. They're good, they're good peeps. They, they, you know, they traveled around and they helped people. Let's, let's get back to the book. Although the Galadorians had always been universally welcome, upon entering the Dark Nebula for the first time, they were ambushed by a shape-changing group of sorcerers known as the Dire Wraiths. See Alien Races, Dire Wraiths. Let's let's actually do that. I think that I think that might be worthwhile. Let's find out what we can about. The Dire Wraiths. In the distant past, possibly over a billion years ago, when the Skrulls were in their early stages of development, the celestials. Came to Skrullos and experimented on selected natives. They created Eternal Prime and Deviant branches. The Deviants turned on their cousin races and they exterminated them. They studied black magic and they became the Dire Wraiths. <gasps> the Dire Wraiths are basically a a group of evil Skrulls that do magic and such. Huh? Does not sound does not sound like my kind of dudes. Back to the comic. The Dire Wraiths supplemented their attack by summoning Deathwing, a large bird-like blue demon who consumed whole spaceships, leaving survivors burned and disfigured. At the end of the attack, the whole Galadorian fleet was destroyed. The Prime Director of Galador, hearing of the disaster, asked the general populace for volunteers to sacrifice their human bodies and undergo surgical conversion into an army of cybernetic space knights. They would be adapted to the rigors of war in space, ROM. The first of millions to volunteer in response to the public call was one of a few hundred to be accepted. He undergoed... Is that even a word? I think it should be... I think it should be underwent, but... That's, uh... I don't know, that's not important. So he underwent a surgical conversion in which his autonomic and central nervous system's impulses were genetically grafted into an exoskeleton of cybernetic circuitry and armor that is that is quite a sacrifice he he gave up his his humanity he became a ghost in the machine is that right no he became kind of i guess a ball of flesh inside of a machine because i imagine they have to keep large portions of him because they are grafting it to the armor so he is He's a sack of hamburger inside of a metal shell. And that is, that is quite a sacrifice. That's really, I got to give it to you, man. Rom, you, uh, you're a brave dude because I would want to defend my planet as well. But I don't know if I would volunteer to, I don't know if I'd volunteer to be stuck inside of a metal shell for all eternity. There's no, there's no coming back from that, I imagine. After, after they win the war, if they do win the war, it isn't like, it isn't like you can just go back to being who you were. You can't go back to being Rom of Galador. You are now Rom the Space Knight. You were like you were like Iron Man in the Black Sabbath song. You you've been changed, you know, you've been turned into an Iron Man out in the magnetic fields and sent out there to battle. But then when you come back, when you come back, there is no there is no place for you. It's quite a sad story, but we don't know. We don't know if that is where this is going. So we might be we might be getting ahead of ourselves. Let's see. The space knights were dispatched with rocket pods and offensive weapons, especially suited to each knight's particular strength. In the major confrontation that ensued, the space knights of Galador destroyed the bulk of the dire wraiths' fleet and the creature Deathwing. Rom was singled out for his bravery and declared a Galadorian hero. You could tell he's brave, dude. He, he volunteered to be that. So. Large numbers of wraiths had escaped the battle, however, and wraith strongholds were believed to exist in other parts of the universe. Rom declared to his fellow knights and the Prime Director that the wraith threat could not be considered ended until the last remaining wraith had been hunted and cast into limbo. The Galadorians preferred banishment to limbo over death for their enemies. So, what we got going on here is it's over. They've won. It's done. And Rom is like... No, it's not done. We got to go out there and we got to hunt them down to every last wraith. One has to wonder if this could be because Rom, maybe he felt like there was no place for him in society at this point. He's no longer, he's no longer a Galadorian. He's a giant, giant space knight with only the ability to, you know, destroy and cause harm. He, He, you know, he was maybe fearing he would become an outcast, he said. I will cast myself out instead into space and I will hunt down every wraith that is out there. Also, what about limbo? Casting somebody into limbo is is pretty harsh, I think. If you if you offered me the chance to go to an eternity in limbo, or to just die now, if I knew that I knew that once I went into limbo that there was no coming back and that I would just be floating around in my You know, in my spirit form, without the ability to communicate, without the ability to have contact with other people, I might, I might very well just ask you to do me in now. Solitary confinement, which is what limbo is, is a very torturous form of confinement. You know, no matter who you are, and no matter how solitary of a person you are, you do need to see people every once in a while, just, just to keep your head on straight, and I, I kind of, I feel as if casting somebody into limbo is not, that's not the more kind of the options, and, and it's just my opinion, but that's what I think. Be that as it may, Rom and the remaining space knights left Galador to stalk dire wraiths throughout the universe, when a Galadorian probe detected a major concentration of wraiths on Earth, where the shape-changing wraiths remember their scrolls, and scrolls have the ability to change their shape, so they went there and they disguised themselves as human beings. And Rom volunteered to go to Earth to deal with that menace. Menace alone. Hmm, that's uh interesting too. I guess, I guess maybe he feared that if they went in force, maybe the race would would see them coming and. Rom decided, you know, I'm going to do this on the DL. I'm going to do this on the Dolo, on the Solo Tip. I'm going to head in there, and I'll just, you know, I'll get in there under the cut and chop, 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 zap, zap, zap. Send them to limbo. Mantus, the ruler of Galador, agreed to Rom's proposal and dispatched him. Landing on Earth in Clareton, West Virginia, Rom soon gained a number of human friends who volunteered to aid him on his mission to rid the Earth. Of wraiths. Among those are Brandy Clark, Steve Jackson. I wonder if that's the same Steve Jackson from uh Car Wars, mine and Engineer Nerd's favorite role playing game, and Brock Jones, alias, the torpedo. Hmm. So there you go. There you have it. That is the background of Rom the Space Knight. He was a brave dude who paid the ultimate sacrifice to fight an alien invasion off of his planet, but then when when that was all said and done, he was sent off into space to continue, continue the battle. He saw that he saw that there might be some uh, of these aliens on Earth, so he volunteered to go all by himself to Earth, where he made a bunch of friends and also continued to battle Dire Wraith. That's cool. That is that's not a bad story. I, I can dig it. But um, what really drew me to Rom was the Rom the Space Knights toy that I used to see over at Zayers. I remember being like six or seven years old and we would go to Zayers and I, was, I saw it on the shelves a few times and I, I've i always been into robot toys and this really caught my eye and I wanted it. I wanted it. I wanted it. I, wanted it, I never got it. But let's uh, let's dig deep into the VHS vault and we will hear the commercial that drove me insane with want. Yeah. This is Rom, the Space Knight. You can imagine he comes from another galaxy with his flashing neutralizer. Activate Rom. You can imagine he has rockets to blast into space and a translator that communicates with lights and sounds. You can even imagine his respirator lets him breathe in any atmosphere. Rom comes with the three plug-in accessories shown. 9-volt battery not included. Rom, the Space Knight. An electronic toy new from Parker Brothers. Oh, so great. What what a delightful toy. Let's let's quickly go through here and take a look at some of Rom's Rom superpowers. The powers that come from being a Galadorian space knight. Rom possesses superhuman strength, the ability to fly, the ability to survive indefinitely in space, and invulnerability to injury. Well, there you have it. That's, that's pretty much everything. All of his powers derive from his heavily armed or cybernetic exoskeleton. Rom's central nervous systems have been genetically grafted, that's in parentheses, into a computerized cybernetic exoskeleton. His brain has been augmented by organic computer assemblies and he is kept alive by a blood-like fluid that still needs to be circulated through his body's vital organs. Hmm. That's interesting. He... He is essentially a... He's trapped inside the shell, man. He is... He's more man, more machine than man, rather. Being more more man than machine, that's not bad. That means you might have, like, a cybernetic arm like Misty Knight or a cybernetic eye like Cave Carson. But being being more machine than man, that makes you like Rom or, or like Saw Gerrera from, from Rogue One. Although Rom does not sleep, he occasionally self-induces a shutdown. So... His major systems could get in order, and he can give himself time to rest, and also to dream. I wonder, I wonder if he dreams about being a run-of-the-mill Galadorian uh, citizen. Large power requirements, such as movement and the picking up of objects, make use of a Mason anti-Mason thermoelectric battery, which can operate under normal conditions for five centuries. Rom has occasionally needed to charge up the anti-Misson gun device and has done so by absorbing current through such simple earthly energy sources as a light socket. So you can just plug him in man. If you have like an electric car, you got to get like a whole assembly to plug it into charge. But good old Rom here has, he has some dope technology. He can just go right into the wall socket. Rom's Galadorian technology provides him with an electrically maintained flexible metal armor. That includes motors that give him strength. Rom is able to lift up to 15 tons. That's a lot. I myself, I cannot even lift one ton. Maybe one. Maybe two at the most. But not not much more than that. Rom is equipped with rocket pods mounted in twin nacelles on his back. The pods are electrically powered through low-density plasma plasma engines with sufficient velocity to achieve solar system escape velocity. That is... 36 miles per second. ROM can fly through atmosphere at a max speed of Mach 4 that's about 3,000 miles per hour before heat buildup from friction causes detrimental effects. Hmm. ROM contains internal sensing devices that allow him to locate space warps. I don't know what that is. What is a space warp? Oh! That is a fold in space and time that permits shortcuts through vast interstellar, interstellar distances. That's cool, I guess. Is that a real thing? I don't think so. Maybe I'll have to ask uh, Earl Green from the logbook.com, which is a fantastic site, and he has fantastic pods. this guy this guy knows his space travel. I wonder, is there folds in space? And if uh if not, why aren't there? Why doesn't why doesn't somebody invent that? Just you know, invent like holes in space? you would you would get so rich. Get on that right now. Weapons. Rom makes use of two weapons. Rom's energy analyzer emits a beam of ultra-high-frequency radio waves that stimulate certain rare-earth elements found within the bodies of Dire Wraith. What does that even mean? I'm reading it back right now. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. I guess guess what it is is he shoots them with this beam, right, and they have some kind of like rare-earth elements inside of them, and when the beam comes in contact... With their body, they get sent to limbo. I don't know. The visor on Rom's face is equipped with visual sensors that enable him to render radio images. Hmm. I guess he—he's kind of like Geordi LaForge. No matter the forms the dire wraiths assume, they maintain the same rare earth trace elements, and thus Rom can find them. He has—he has essentially robot powers. All robots, all robots have zappers that they zap with, and they all have. Eyes that can see in all these various spectrums, and that's that's what Rom has. He he's a pretty standard robot cyborg type of character. Now, let's uh let's hop online real quick before we bounce up out of here. We found out that Rom first appeared in Rom number one back in 1979. Let's let's see what that's is worth. I am typing it in now into into my database of things and we will go down check out some of these sold listings. We'll see what what people have actually paid. Here is one it what was up for an auction. It had five bids and it went for seven dollars. Somebody had one a buy it now where you know you don't have to bid you can just grab it and it went for 28 dollars but when it was up on auction $4.99. That's the way to go. Wait till you see one of these on auction and then kind of, kind of go right after it. $12.99 auction, $24.99 best offer accepted, $10 on auction. You know, it's anywhere from like $10 to $20 depending on what kind of a bargain you can get. So look around before you make that purchase. Let's, let's take a look at the fantastic ROM action figure, which, which beguiled me For many years on the shelves at Zayers. Also at Kmart, and I think I may have seen one at Jewel or Osco back in back in the Illinois days. Let's see, Rom. These are some solds. Here is a sold with the box, but he's missing his arm. And it went for $32.99. Here is one somebody had with all the accessories and the box. They wanted 250 bucks, but they only only got an offer. We'll not let you know what the offer is. Here, somebody had one unopened for thousand dollars, and they accepted an offer on that, which I imagine was way, way less than thousand dollars. Let's see. Someone made a custom ROM out of a uh, DC Universe figure of some sort, and that was that was up for auction. Went for 56 bucks. It's very nice looking. Here's one for 250. Somebody sold. Here is a broken one with its arm snapped off. $30. $149.99 for one with all the accessories and without the box, though. I like the box. It has a great design. It says ROM across the top in orange and white letters. And then there are squares, like kind of that give it depth, like these green squares that make it look like ROM is coming down a hallway on the front. It's a very nice box. Here's one, $115. With the box, but none of the accessories. So, you kind of get the idea. You could be paying anywhere from like 50 to 250 bucks for it. It's a great toy. I love it. I think it's so neat. I I would not mind having one today, but I am not, not going to pay that much. And I, I can say I have never, ever seen one at the flea market. I have only very seldom ever even seen them at toy shows, to be honest with you. It's not... Not the most common toy. I don't think it was that hot when it first came off the presses. So, there you have it. That is just about everything you would ever know about good old Rom the Space Knight from the planet Galador or whatever. So, I'm going to get up out of here. Got things to do. Got to go live my life, man. I can't spend all my time hipping you guys to boring Marvel characters. Even though I really would enjoy doing that all the time. So, I'm going to power down. Gonna head up out of here, push some buttons and such. Until next time, make mine marvel. This has been an Icy Robots Radio production.